This is episode 711 of the Prepper Website Podcast, where I connect you with resources that will help you live a more self-reliant life so you can love your people, get prepared, and live free. Today's article, How to Spot the Triggers of a Socioeconomic Collapse. Hey, I'm Todd Sepulveda, the editor of PrepperWebsite.com. This podcast is an audible version with some commentary of articles that have been posted on Prepper Website, a daily curation of preparedness information. These articles are some of the best of the best that have been recently posted on PrepperWebsite.com. All article links and show information can be found on the PrepperWebsitePodcast.com. Hey everyone, this episode is sponsored by the exclusive Prepper Website email group, which allows you to communicate with other preppers right from your email. You don't have to worry about your every link, click, or word being tracked by social media. This email group resides on the same servers as Prepper Website. Other benefits include members-only videos, periodic webinars, and online meetups. This is a great value for $20 a year. To join the community, visit PrepperWebsite.net or click the link in the show notes. Hey guys, I want to remind you about the Top 10 on Prepper Website. That is a service that I do every Saturday. I send out the Top 10 articles of the week to those that are supporting on Buy Me a Coffee. And so you can support for $5 a month or $50 a year. And then if you don't want to read the articles, you can always add these articles to, to the Pocket app and they will, or the Pocket app will read it to you. And so it's a great way to support the podcast and Prepper website and also a great way to get, uh, you know, the top information that is, is going out on Prepper website. All right, so this one's going to be a little bit different. I want to let you know that I am celebrating 10 years of Prepper website. And so uh, this, you know, I'm recording this on Sunday morning, September 19th. Tomorrow will be uh, 10 years that Prepper website has been posting articles. And so we've been posting articles every single day, even on holidays, even on, you know, back in the day when I was doing it, people were like, it's a holiday. Don't, you know, why are you doing it? I'm like, I just, I just, is something that I'm doing. This is what I feel like I should be doing. Right. And so I know that throughout the years I've missed a couple of days. Maybe there was a day where I was really sick. Uh, I know there were some days early on where I was trying to just kind of take a day for myself. But even at that, it was like, I found myself still reading and still uh, listening to podcasts and still doing videos or watching videos. And so I'd still wind up adding things and, and doing those kinds of things. So uh, it's been 10 years, man, going on going on 10 years where we have been uploading, uh, you know, articles linking to the very best of the best. And then, you know, in that time, I've realized that people, it's not only you know, preparedness articles that people are looking for, people are looking for things like alternative news. So one of the things that I, I did was created like the Alt News Hub. It's a page on Prepper website. It's probably one of the most, well, it is the second most popular page on Prepper website, but I'm telling you, it's starting to really push up there where people are really visiting it on a regular basis. I, th I think a lot of people come and they hit Prepper website um, they they look at the articles that were posted that day, and then they go right to the Alt News Hub, and to see you know what alternative news is there, and really that refreshes every so often. So I think people are hitting it on a regular basis because it's just it's become very very popular, and I see the the numbers going up there a lot, and so I, you know people are looking for other sources of news, and and they're finding it there. 
And of course, you know, I've added things like uh, conspiracy. It's kind of funny, the conspiracy page, conspiracy theory page, which uh, a lot of it, I mean, those of you who have been following for a while and those of you that have been in the preparedness space, I mean, there's, and there's a lot of memes going on, going on out there. It's like uh, the conspiracy theory, you know, that was, you know, six months ago or a year ago is now, you know, the reality and real but anyway, that, that page is really popular and, uh, you know, the, the firearms page is really popular as well. There's, a, there's just, it's really grown. I mean, the website has seen a lot of traffic uh, throughout the years. And uh, I'm just really appreciative of everybody that has supported that and has gone there. And I know the podcast community doesn't always uh, go and, you know, I heard from a lot of people throughout the years. It's like, since we've done the podcast and we started the podcast in February 19th. 2017. So we are coming up on five years. So in February, it'll be five years for the podcast. But many people who have contacted me through the podcast say they, they don't read articles, but that's where I get all the articles. I mean, for the podcast, that's where it kind of all, you know, came from. And so uh, I'm just really happy to be able to, to celebrate, you know, 10 years of prepperwebsite.com. Uh, and, uh, you know, all the, all the work that we've been able to do for the preparedness community, it really has been something that I feel I'm supposed to do. And I really never wanted to make a, a, a business out of it. Although it, it really has helped having this little side business. And, uh, you know, I've talked about this for, uh, for a, a while now, uh, ha the money that has come in because of advertisements and things like that have really blessed my family to where I've been able to prep. I've, I've been able to use that money to prep. And I always talk about, you know, your side hustle or, you know, if you brought in 50 or $100 a, a week or a month, what would that do to being able to boost your preparedness levels? So I, I mean, I still highly recommend that, but I didn't go into it trying to make a business. You know, I like my job. I like what I do. And I want to continue doing that. And so I, uh, I'm just really excited about being able to, to celebrate 10 years. Um, you know, in that time, not only did Prepper website, you know, see a lot of great success. We saw, um, you know, we started the podcast again, like I said, February 19th, 2017. That was our first launch, our first episode there. With that as well, I mean, I, I saw the, the Prepper website exclusive email group. Uh, start within that time. And that's not probably as old. I think we're probably two years old, two years into that one, maybe a little bit longer. I'm really excited and proud of what has accomplished, has been accomplished there. You know, at the very beginning, I felt when, when people would, would be there, you know, be on the email list, I felt like I had to throw out questions every once in a while to get conversations going. And now it's like, I don't even, <laughs> I don't even exist, right? Sometimes I get home and I look at the, my email and it's just completely blown up from all the back and forth and questions people are asking and advice people are giving. And so I'm really proud of the exclusive email group. I know it's probably not for everyone, but if social media is not your thing and you want to be a little bit more careful about what you put out there, if you're looking for, you know, to build relationships with other people, even if it's on email. And then, of course, we do the online meetups as well. Um, people have made connections. And so, I'm again, I'm really proud of that. In the years that we've done Prepper Website, I've seen a lot of quote unquote, end of the year disaster or end of the world disasters, I guess I should say. And, you know, I don't think I said this uh, starting out. I'm dealing with a little stuffy stuffiness here. And so I'm sure you can hear it in my in my voice 
and I'm just kind of you know dealing with that. Just part of living in the South, I always uh, feel like I'm I'm stopped up, but even more so today. But anyway, going back those ten years that we've been doing Prepper website, I've seen a lot of uh, quote unquote disasters, the end of the world as we know it type stuff coming down coming down the the, the road, and uh, I wasn't we weren't around during Y2K. So that's that wasn't a big deal, but we were around for 2012 and and all all of that that was supposed to be going down. Right. The 2012 and the Mayan calendar. I don't know if you remember all of that. That was one of those things that, you know, people were a little concerned about. And, you know, I guess as we got closer and closer to it, people realized, you know what, this isn't a thing. But some people were were really uh, afraid of it. And some people, you know, hyped it up. There's always going to be hype. That's one thing that you got to remember is there's always going to be hype. Um, There's always going to be fear-based stuff, not only in the preparedness community, but out there in any kind of media. You know, those are the things that get clicked on. Those are the things that drive traffic. Those are the things that people want to to see. And, And you know, you've fallen victim to it. I have fallen victim to it. Or you see a headline, you click on it, and it wasn't anything that you thought it really was going to be, or it really didn't turn out. Or, you know, you click on so many of those, you get to the point where, like, yeah, okay, the end of the world, here we go again. And and that's really the way that I look at it now, is when I see something like that come through, I'm like, uh, you know, whatever. I've seen so many of those. I've seen, I've had so many emails throughout the year years where people were like, hey, Todd, I got, I got, uh, a friend who is, you know, has high uh, connections up in the government, and this is supposed to happen. And and some of those men seemed really, really credible. Some of those seemed really um, interesting, and others were like, yeah, you know, you you don't even want to, you know, give any place to this. This is just a joke. But you know, people people continue to go, and it's our need for wanting to know what's coming. You know. So, you know, we did the 2012 thing. That's always been one of those things that we kind of always look back on. Uh, We also saw the rise and fall of Doomsday Preppers. And I think that show did some good. And I think it did a lot of damage as well. Because people looked at that and they they saw the the goofiness in it. Uh, You know, people were preparing for, you know, one thing. And and of course, that's not what we do in the preparedness community. Uh, we we are preparing for even basic stuff like you know job loss and and uh, hurricanes and you know the uh, power going out and being able to save the food in your refrigerator and your freezer and things like that. But it brought attention to I guess the preparedness community more than or the preparedness movement more than other things had in a while. And I got to tell you when <laughs> when I would watch the analytics during doomsday preppers because people were watching people would watch doomsday preppers and i guess they would start searching for preppers you know on online and the numbers would go through the roof i could see it in real time and i was like oh my gosh these you know people are out there looking and they're finding you know you know prepper website and and so you know in in that respect hopefully they came and they saw something that uh they could they could use but, you know, we dealt with Doomsday Preppers. We're still kind of dealing with it. It's still out there. Uh, some of the people that were on Doomsday Preppers are, are legit people that we talk to, you know, in the preparedness community that have websites and stuff like that. And then they have mentioned that in the past that uh, 
doomsday preppers, I mean, they really wanted to be, you know, sensational. And they, the, the producers would ask them to do sensational things to be able to, to have the video for that and all that kind of stuff. And then we had Shemita. Do you, I don't know if you remember that. If you've been, I know that we have a lot of new preppers or, or new, a lot of new people to the preparedness community, those that want to live a, a more self-reliant life. I don't even like saying the word prepper sometimes. I mean, it just, you know, brings that negative connotation. But we dealt with Shemitah and the blood moons. I don't know if you remember all of that. And, you know, all the, the things that were supposed to happen. And like, oh my gosh. And, uh, you know, that was always fun getting those emails and seeing those articles. Do you remember Jade Helm? That was a thing uh, down here in, in Texas. And, oh my gosh, it was, you know, a, a government thing that was supposed to happen. And, and I just, I, you know, I'm sure there's a lot of things that... I just don't remember them all. I just, I remember Jade Helm because I was looking on in the archive for things to share out in the Saturday prep. And I, I remember seeing Jade Helm there. So there was articles that we were linking to back in the day. And then there's always politics. There's always something going on. People hate to talk about politics. I've lost people in the exclusive email group because people have brought up politics, but politics is a very big deal. I mean, you can choose not to you know, to, to be a part of it. You can choose not to, to listen to it, but things that happen in Washington and things that happen on your, you know, at the state and local levels can affect your life, which would mean affecting your preparedness and, and all of that stuff. So politics is one of those things that we, we do need to be aware of. And I don't want to be a, a, po a political junkie where, you know, that's, I live and breathe that, but I do want to be aware of what's going on. So, you know, we're always dealing with that. That always comes up. You, you're always hearing about gun grabs and, it, you know, it kind of rises and falls on, and depends on, you know, who is in charge, who's the president. It takes me back that when, for instance, when we had a Democratic president, the numbers in, in a prepper website would go up. When Donald Trump won the election. It's like everybody who is a patriot, everybody who is right-leaning Republican, they're like, okay, now we can breathe easy. Um, everything's going to be great. And the numbers just dropped. And they and you can, you can almost see it. Like after the election, and, you know, when President Trump was, uh, you know, declared the, the winner, you could see the numbers drop and they kind of stayed at a certain level. And then when he, uh, when he lost the election and Joe Biden won, the numbers went back up again. And so, you know, again, dealing with the politics of it and how people see things and the gun grabs and all that is, you know, a part of it. Then we, you know, we dealt with COVID. And again, I'm not, I'm just pulling some things out of my, uh, my hat here. I mean, there's a lot of other things that came up throughout the years, but, um, you know, we dealt with COVID and I saw a lot of information there. I'd been following it before it became a real, real big thing here and before we shut down. But that was one of those things. I mean, the, the biggest numbers of the episodes downloaded for the podcast have been COVID-related articles or, um, yeah, COVID-related uh, podcast episodes and COVID-related articles were very popular, you know, and they kind of still are depending on what the topic is, but something that we've dealt with, something that we're continue, continuing to deal with. And then we have uh, things that are always there, topics that are always there that are always going to be popular with people uh, like the EMPs, the CME, the solar flares. 
those are the big ones where people, you know, it's like we want to know if we, you know what happens in an EMP. We want to know how to survive an EMP. We want to know, you know, what we should be buying now so that, you know, if a killer solar flare, uh, you know, kills off the, the, the grid that we're able to survive. And so that's always one of those things that people will always click on. And if you're, if you have a website and you want some clicks to an article, I mean, that's the one to, to write, right? And so you, uh, it has always been one of those things that has driven me kind of crazy on that because it's more, again, going back to the sensational, uh, type things where there's so many other things that you could, you could be focusing on and articles that you can be reading and knowledge that you can be attaining. You can, you can do, you know, there's a possibility of an EMP, but the probability is so much more for, again, going back to a job loss or, uh, you know, a hurricane or tornado or a blizzard, a flood, fire, all those different kinds of things. So that's one that I've always I just, I always go to, and I always notice that throughout the years, throughout the 10 years, that that has been one of the big popular types of uh, articles and that you can write and you know pieces of information that people want. Another one that wasn't as popular starting out, but has become very, very popular that I know the type of you know, articles and information that are people, people are wanting. And it, it's a really big deal now is the grid going down. So whatever whatever kind of reason that might be, I mean, you know, if it's cyber terrorism or some big catastrophic failure like we had down here in in Texas in uh, I guess last last February March when um, you know the winter when it got so cold that it you know it almost killed off our grid right we were minutes away from from never starting the grid again or or you know the grid taking months to start up. And whatever that that would have uh, you know entailed, uh, that would have been bad if that was truly the case. But that's something that people are wanting. You know, the grid down. People want to know how to survive. You know, people want to know how to survive in comfort. I guess living the way that we live now, without the grid, without you know all the you know the, the things that you would normally be depending on. You know, water coming out of your faucet and and. Uh, you know, having a, a shower where you could take a, a 10 or 15 minute really hot shower. How can I re- replicate the way that I live now if the world ends? And that seems to be, you know, one of the things that always people are kind of gravitate to is how can I, you know, recreate my life right now? And you see that in, in homesteading articles and, you know, trying to go off grid and you can't that the, the 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 short of it is you can't you there is a change that will happen a change that you will need to adjust to and so the grid going down is one of those big things because i think people have experienced it more and more uh, not because of the hurricanes you know when i was a kid and we had a hurricane down here in in houston it would knock out the power for a couple of days and you always knew that it was going to come back on I think more people are aware now that our infrastructure is really fragile. And again, going back to, you know, the freeze that we had down here and, uh, you know, as I'm, as I'm speaking right now, there are people still in Louisiana from the hurricane that they received. Um, it's, it's probably been about three or four weeks now that they haven't had power. And it's a pretty crazy idea. And people look at that and like, all right, you know, how can I, again, how can I survive and, and make it as comfortable as possible? 
to be able to weather this storm. So people are seeing how fragile our infrastructure is. And which brings me to one more like piece of information that people are always desiring. One of those things that has been popular again through uh, through all the years of Prepper website, you know, day one to right now is like an economic collapse. And what would an economic collapse look like? And that has been a popular topic all throughout the years where, you know, EMP has always been there, uh, grid down type stuff uh, has been more popular towards, you know, the, the latter years of, the, of this 10 years. Economic collapse has also been there. And I think a lot of people realize you can't continue going on with, with debt. You can't continue the party the way that it's been going. Although many people, and I know, I, I think I've, uh, have referred to Chris Martinson before in the past where he, he has said, you know, I, I didn't expect it to go, go on this long, you know, the, 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 the ride and how, how they're just, you know, continuing to move it forward. And a lot of people feel like that. A lot of people are like, Hey, I, you know, this would have been going on or we should have collapsed a long time ago, but there's just, everything is kind of manipulated. So economic collapse has been, one of those topics that people have always been very, very interested in. And again, I say that because it was the very first article that I ever linked to on Prepper website. Now, I think I've talked about this before. At least I know that I've written about it before. The very first article that I linked to was from a website called shtfplan.com. And uh, Mac, at that time, I did not know um, Mac or who ran SHTF Plan. It was one of those websites that I had uh, gone to and I had visited before I started Prepper Website. And so as I'm reading, you know, all these things that are there, the first article that really kind of started it out for me, and I think I only, I only linked to one article that very first day, and it was this one. And so... I want to read it for you because although it's been 10 years, I mean, it's 10 years to the date that this article was published and 10 years, I mean, tomorrow when most of you are listening to this, you know, on Monday, September 20th, 10 years to the date that I posted it on Prepper website. But the information that is here is still very relevant. And you would think, okay, economics, 10 years, all right. But it's very, very relevant. And you're going to see that as we go through this. So again, this is from shtfplan.com. I had to go back into the, to the arc. Actually, I went back into the post. It was really easy to be able to do that on, on the website. I was able to just click the, the, the fast forward button to go to the very first post, find this one. And I actually had to search for it for a little bit because the link had changed. I guess they changed the, the way that their links are brought up on their website. So I had to search for the title, which, um, you know, I had the title because that's what we linked to, or that's what we used to link to. And I was able to find it. So I was glad that it was still up on the website. And again, like I said, it's very, very relevant to still where we are today. So again, this article is entitled How to Spot the Triggers of a Socioeconomic Collapse. And the article was written by Fernando Furfall Aguirre. And you know Fernando. I have interviewed him two times before in the past here on, on Prepper website. I've talked about him. He's got some really great books 
At that time, he had written Surviving the Economic Collapse uh, in Argentina, and he had some blogs. He wasn't doing so many videos, but he had blogs that he was blogging and other forums that he was staying in touch with and different things like that. And now he's got a very popular YouTube channel. He actually has one in Spanish, and he doesn't live in Argentina anymore. And, and you know, he just has a lot of knowledge, but he went through the collapse in Argentina. Actually, they've done like two collapses almost, you know, uh, since since that time. And he's been able to see all that. He lived it and he's able to share that kind of information. Again, that's why I say it's very relevant. So I believe this article here, uh, when, I'm, when I'm looking at the very top, it says the following article has been graciously contributed by Fernando or Fernando Furfalagiri. Fernando lived through the hyperinflationary meltdown in Argentina and shares his wisdom in his book, The Modern Survival Manual, Surviving the Economic Collapse, as well as regular updates at his website, Surviving in Argentina. And I don't even know if that uh, website is still up again. I'm, I think it's up. It's a blog spot. So uh, it is, yeah, it is still up. And uh, yeah, he has linked to some videos there. So it's, it's uh, still kind of relevant. The last video was September 2020. But uh, so a year ago. But anyway, um, there's a little bit of an editor's note here that uh, Mac added to this. And then I'm going to go right into the article. And uh, really good stuff here. You, I, I think you're going to see how relevant it still is. So here's the editor's note. With the many possibilities for natural and man-made events that can lead to local, regional, national, or global crisis, it is often difficult to identify what is happening and what the consequences of certain events may be. As preppers, we are always on the lookout for a potential disaster or emergency. It's what we do. This is the nature of our chosen lifestyle. It is both a blessing and a curse. While most of us who prepare will likely be ready to deal with an emergency situation and minimize our panic while we respond to the crisis around us, our curse is that any event, no matter how insignificant or in the periphery it may be, raises our sensitivity levels, perhaps at times to extreme levels. There's a lot of noise, confusion, and misinformation out there, and sometimes it may lead to unnecessary stress. In the article below, Furfall provides a little bit of relief for those of us who may look at every financial or economic occurrence as the potential trigger that devolves the entire system into meltdown and chaos. While we never know what will set the entire system ablaze, so our view is that it's better to be overly sensitive than ignorant. Furfall's first-hand knowledge of a currency and societal meltdown on a national level gives us a critical view into what such an event may look like. The signs that will precede it, the sentiment and behavior of the people in the region, and what you can do to prepare. It's not just about storing food and guns, but also being aware of our surroundings and the changes in society as the system around us becomes unhinged. With Furfall's help, we have another important piece of the puzzle. It's an important piece because in the event that the situation begins spiraling out of control, you'll see it coming. So now we move into the article, Socioeconomic, and so I guess the article over at Fernando's website was uh, Socioeconomic Collapse and Preparedness Timing. So there is a question that a reader has sent in to him. It says, Fernando, I really enjoyed your book. So have my parents, my wife, my friends, and a dozen people in my office. It is very well written and packed with useful information. In fact, your book occupies a place in our law firm's bookcase next to the federal rules of civil procedure. 
Your book and your blog bring credibility to the debate over whether and how to prepare for a financial or other collapse. One topic I have not seen covered deals with the timing of events. Most people I know who prep talk about bugging out and scenarios that rely on triggering events. Even in your case, you had a fairly short window of time during which time the currency collapsed. A currency collapse would definitely be a triggering event to almost everyone I know. In the last two years, however, I have come to believe we are in a slow decline here in the U.S., and that there will not be a single triggering event that signals the time to start wearing my body armor or whatever other example you want to use. The end point will be the same, but perhaps less dramatic than in Argentina. The problem is, there is a lot of danger and mayhem between now and what may be the final collapse of U.S. social order, perhaps even a generation. I am worried that in a slower, more orderly decline, It will be difficult to match my level of security with the level of threat. Many more people, even well-prepared people, could be taken by surprise. Guys, I'm going to read that again, that statement, because I think it's very important. And again, I think it's very relevant. So here we go. I am worried that in a slower, more orderly decline, it will be difficult to match my level of security with the level of threat. Many more people, even well-prepared people, could be taken by surprise. Most of the skills you recommend to your readers are good life skills that all people should have to enhance the chances of daily survival, even under normal circumstances. That said, constant extreme vigilance is not any more practical than having Uncle Bob come over and help me guard my house 24-7 when the poop hits the fan. While I am raising my children to be watchful and vigilant, there is a whole different level of vigilance I would apply if I lived during a triggering event like a currency collapse. For example, I let them play outside with their friends in the neighborhood without adult supervision. To disallow that would be unhealthy to their development, and the threat to their safety at the moment is not extreme. If the dollar were worthless and crime rampant, as you have described in your book, there's no way I'd let them outside without an adult. My question to you is this. Assume I have taken all the advice in your book and acquired the skills, equipment, and commodities to survive a pretty long time, what would be the top five or ten subtle changes in society, government, or markets that would cause you to go from a normal state of awareness to the never let your kids out of the house to play in the backyard level of of awareness? Thanks, Andrew. Now, the following is Fernando's um, you know, response. So I will be reading this, but I'm going to be stopping. And there's going to be some sentences here that I'm going to be rereading just for uh, to highlight because I think they're very important. So let's go ahead and go into Fernando's uh, response here. An economic collapse in many ways is similar to the decline of an empire regarding how complex it is to prepare for it. Unlike defined disasters, natural ones like Katrina or man-made, there's no clear beginning to it. It is a complex, multi-level event that in some aspects may have a clear trigger or milestone, such as defaulting or bank holidays. But on other aspects, it may have been cooking slowly through inflation and unemployment for months, even years. Certain economic events may be easy to pinpoint, but how does unemployment affect people? When will this cause an increase in crime or affect me directly, leaving me without income? 
When will crime stop being only a factor related to the harsh economy and also be influenced in terms of how violent it becomes due to social hatred because of social polarization? Then, there's also the consideration that it may have been affecting people in different ways based on socioeconomic levels and location in the country. Calling such a situation complex is an understatement. Given such complexity and all the variables impossible to ponder, all you can do is stay informed. Learn to tell the different signs and know how to interpret them so as to know what the future holds within a certain margin of error. Things to look for would be unemployment, rumors from people within the banking and financial world. Some of those rumors saved people millions when our economy collapsed. Crime and what type of crime is taking place. Corruption, debt, and inflation. Guys, I want to read those again, right? I want to read those again. Remember, this was 10 years ago. Things to look for would be unemployment, rumors from people within the banking and financial world, crime, and what type of crime is taking place, corruption, debt, and inflation. You must also become pretty skeptical regarding the information the mainstream media provides. Who owns such media channels? Who are their sponsors and advertisers? What political agenda do they have or slightly tend to favor? If the media says the economy is doing wonderful, but people on the street are barely getting by and you see more industries moving abroad, do have your doubts. And that can go for a lot of things, not just necessarily economy, right? All right, so let me go ahead and continue on here. All these events and signs do tell you something. Don't wait for the official SHTF day. In socioeconomic terms, that simply will never happen. You will simply look back one day and realize the world around you has already changed. Let me say that again. You will simply look back one day and realize the world around you has already changed. Don't you feel like that? When you look back and you look back at how fast things have changed and you go back 10 years, you go back 20 years and in the life that you, I mean, if you've, that has been your adulthood, some of you could go back even further than that. And you're like, oh my gosh, you know, things have changed a lot, but it has been a very slow decline. All right, let me go ahead and continue. That is indeed how people will be taken by surprise. People sometimes talk about rule of law and no rule of law times as if it were an on and off switch. One day everything is fine, but the next week, oops, no rule of law, folks. So it's madness out there. I'll wear my Molly vest with armor plate to work and leave my Caltech 32 in the safe and pick my 1911 instead carried in a drop leg holster or attached to my vest, of course. People that think this way are the ones that will indeed fail at protecting their families today. Rule of law or no rule of law. If you suffer a violent home invasion in an upper class neighborhood like the Petite family did, and I don't know, um, I don't know what he's referring to there. I mean, maybe it was something really big that happened back then. Does it really matter if some nutcase declared the rule of law is still in effect or that it isn't? Preparedness is now, folks. Modern survival is the way you analyze events, make decisions, and ultimately live your life from day one, not after an event. In states where it's legal to carry, 
I would get my CCW permit and carry today. Doing so won't bring any disadvantages to my lifestyle. My kids playing in the street with friends unsupervised? I'd be honest with myself. Can my son defend himself from a social predator? I wouldn't leave a 10-year-old kid unsupervised no matter where I live. How about a 13 or a 14-year-old? And the general area you live in being pretty safe? Then I might be a bit more flexible. What would be the top 5 or 10 subtle changes in society, government, or markets that would cause you to go from a normal state of awareness to the never let your kids out of the house to play in the backyard level of event or awareness? So here they are. He's going to spread them out or or, uh, to list them out. And the first one is unemployment. Now, we've already kind of talked all about all five of them, but he lists them here. He goes, unemployment, if unemployment is over 15 to 20%, there will soon be serious social changes evolving, involving desperate people. All right, so one of the things I did here is I went to the Bureau of Labor Statistics to find unemployment numbers. Now, first of all, I got to tell you, well, they list all the states here from, you know, they rank them. Uh, all, all the states here from, uh, you know, from the, the, the best numbers to the worst numbers, 1 through 51. But a lot of people understand that these numbers are not accurate, right? So he, he, his numbers are, if they're at 15 to 20%, there's going to be serious social changes. So let's go ahead and look at these. Just These were, um, oh, these numbers are from August 2021. And there is a little note here that it was modified on September 17th. 2021. So two days ago, the top five, I'm going to give you the top five and these are the best numbers here. And then I'll give you the, the, the five worst. All right. So ranking number one for the best unemployment rate is Nebraska. And again, when I say best, I mean the unemployment numbers are low. And so it's a good place to live, a good place to find a job. Uh, you know, everybody has jobs or whatever. There's no unemployment. So uh, anyway, the first one is Nebraska at 2.2. That's number one. Idaho, I'm sorry, Utah at 2.6. Idaho at 2.9. South Dakota at 2.9. And then New Hampshire at 3.0. So that is uh, the top five. I guess best places are unemployment rates. When we look at the five bottom numbers, Again, I'm going to start from the very bottom and then I'll move up five. The first one is Nevada, and that is at 7.7. So that's the bottom of the barrel there. The next one is California at 7.5. Then New York at 7.4. Then we're going to shoot all the way to New Mexico with 7.2. And then New Jersey with 7.2. And if I'm staying honest, I guess here, uh, actually, Connecticut is at 7.2 as well. So there is a, what is that? One, two, three, four. There is a a three-way tie for fourth place with uh, Connecticut, New Jersey, and New Mexico being at 7.2. But again, these are official numbers from the Bureau of Labor Statistics. How, how, you know, how much do we think that there are, that these numbers are, are truly accurate where they're at. Uh, the numbers are probably a lot higher here. And especially because of where we are in the shortages and people not wanting to work. And it's so much, uh, you know, people can just stay home and, and make more money collecting unemployment. That's one of the things that always comes up. Uh, businesses have to sh- shut down because there's nobody that wants to work. 
All right, so the next thing that he talks about here, the next thing to be paying attention to is poverty. So he he adds, are half the people around you poor and looking your way with resentment? In Argentina, the numbers are still pretty bad. 50% poor and 25% below the poverty line. Of the remaining 25%, only 3% make enough money to live a life standard similar in quality to what middle class Americans are used to. So watch out for poverty and not only what the newspaper says or what the president announces. Do you see more people begging on the streets? More dumpster divers? How about shanty towns or tent towns? If you have any of those close, keep an eye on your kids, your property, and yourself. Guys, there are some cities in America that have these tent cities built up. And you don't hear about them very often. You don't see them in the mainstream media. You have to go to alternative news. You, you know, usually somebody is doing a video and they're, you know, doing a kind of like a drive by and they've got their phone out and they're, they're getting, you know, all these, uh, these tents and people kind of camping out and, and doing that kind of thing. So it looks like a big camp scene, but really what it is, is it's these tent towns that have sprung up. And so they're all over the place. And some people choose to live that way. And some people have no choice uh, other than to live that way. And so that's something that has been going down. And so you need to be paying attention to what it looks like in your area. Then we have inflation. That's the third one. Right now, Argentina ranks at the top three worst inflation in the planet. So that's, guys, again, 10 years ago. That's a sign of bad times to come. We have unions forcing higher wages that chase after every increasing prices and still losing millions keeping an artificial exchange rate with the dollar around 1 to 4.2. When the peso peso devaluates again, I wouldn't be surprised to see it go to 7 or 8 pesos per dollar. Rising inflation is perhaps one of the final stages before the collapse and something Americans should pay special attention to. I'm going to read that one again, and I'm not going to give you any commentary on it. I'm just going to read it again. Rising inflation is perhaps one of the final stages before the collapse and something Americans should pay special attention to. The fourth thing that he brings up is businesses and infrastructure. Are roads being repaired? Parks kept tended to? Do you see a general sense of decay in the overall infrastructure? Neighbors keeping their houses well-kept are a sign of good times. When the economy collapsed here in 2001, middle-class people wouldn't even buy a can of paint, let alone remodel, and it showed. Things like stores closing and going out of business, shops boarded up, sometimes being replaced with cheapo discount stores. All right, so... I still see this going on in my area, right? People are still remodeling. There was a, a time where I, I could not find someone to do the work on my house because my job was too small and everybody had bigger jobs. Again, coming out of the freeze and uh, partly people were you know, closed up because of COVID. And so people were doing um, remodels and different things like that because they weren't going on vacation. They were spending money that way. But that's one of those things that I still see. But in your area, is that happening or is that going on? Remember, he talked about that there's, you know, it really depends on your area and there's going to be pockets of things that are happening that you can see and other things that are kind of like below the surface you really need to be paying attention to. And so right now I do see 
people, you know, trying to keep up their homes, trying to keep up their their uh, their yards and different things like that. But I think you need to look a little bit deeper and start looking at businesses. So have you seen a lot of dollar stores popping up in your area? Um, you know, are they popular? Are people going into them and, and or people buying, like doing their grocery shopping there? Um, do you see the roads not being repaired? Do you see, uh, you know, businesses kind of shutting down, you know, uh, strip centers where there's a lot of, uh, I guess, you know, space for rent and things like that available because people have shut down. And again, we have some of this because of the the economy and COVID and uh, shutdowns and lockdowns and all those different kinds of things. So that has spawned, that has really added another layer on top of all of this. And again, different different parts of the country are responding and reacting differently. You know, you look at uh, New York where they've really locked down or California where they had really locked down and where, where they're sitting. You know, I want to go back. Let me, I want to go find, uh, go, I'm going to go back to the Bureau of Labor, Labor Statistics. I can't talk, right? I think I can get it out. Washington State is in 31. Oregon is, so Washington's 5.1 with 31. Oregon is 4.9 with 26. I don't know, that just kind of came up to me in, in my head. I just wanted to kind of go take a look at those uh, where you've seen some of those things, you know, some of the riots and the things going on um, over there. So, okay, uh, let me continue on here with this article. The next one up, the last one is crime and rumors. Crime will be a clear indication of you having to go from yellow to orange in terms of awareness. Now, it may not appear on the media as much as it should, and negative news may be avoided entirely by news groups trying to be team players with the government. Can I say that again? Now, it may not appear on the media as much as it should, and negative news may be avoided entirely by news groups trying to be team players, quote-unquote, with the government. You, on the other hand, cannot afford the pink-shaded glasses. I think he was trying to say rose-colored glasses, but <laughs> I think that's cool. Pink-shaded glasses. Pay special attention to the local gossip and rumors, and when something catches your attention, try verifying through other sources. Who got mugged, robbed, or suffered a home invasion? Don't wait too long. Once you know this is happening in your general area, take the extra precautions you know you must take. You can still have a pretty normal and happy life in spite of being forced to be more cautious and more aware given the circumstances. I believe it's much better to take those measures while still enjoying the things I can than taking the easy road and not doing it and maybe one day regretting it. Guys, you know, I always end the podcast with, you know, uh, no regrets, right? And uh, even made a t-shirt of it. You know, you don't want to regret the fact that you did not prepare and you weren't paying attention. So again, this was, uh, you know, September 19th, 2011. There's 133 comments. You know, everybody has an opinion. The, <laughs> the, the comments are always kind of funny over at SHTF plan, or at least early on there. So um, again, Guys, this I, I think is all really relevant, especially when you think about what's going on. And it's not just it wasn't just the economy piece, but the you know COVID, you know all the lockdowns and all the the stress that that has added on top of it has helped to move things forward along. Uh, and I think it's very again relevant to what is going on. 
So the economic collapse that you weren't prepared for isn't the sudden drop in the markets or everyone running to the banks after the government has declared a bank holiday. The economic collapse most people aren't prepared for is the slow slide that happens when you don't even realize it. While you have your eyes on all the things that are in the news cycle, crime is going up, prices are going up, neighborhoods and infrastructure start to go down, as well as your quality of life. It's the kind that hits you after 10 years when you finally take a good hard look at what has happened around you. So let's do just a really quick recap as we start to wind this episode down. Choose to be more aware of what is going on around you. Pay attention. Pay attention to what's going on. Um, back in, you know, when this was written 10 years ago, Facebook was around, but there weren't as many Facebook groups. Facebook groups still weren't a thing. But now you have groups, and we always talk about this. So you can, if you don't do Facebook, which I completely understand, if you don't do Facebook, there are, you know, you can use the Nextdoor app. And you're going to have to deal with the whiny, you know, people of the world like oh you know there's a so-and-so it has left their you know trash out on the street you know put their put their trash out on the street you know two days before the trash comes to pick it up that's so trashy it's making our neighborhood look trashy all right so you're gonna have to deal with those people and you're gonna have to deal with people that just cry and whine and complain about every little thing um just turn off notifications and then go hit it every so often but I'm telling you, I find great information very, very quickly in my neighborhood Facebook group when I, when I go and people are, you know, any question that I might have has already been asked and there's an answer to it usually by the, t- by the time I, I start looking into it. So there are people out there that are, are providing that kind of information and maybe some, some of them are just because they're, they don't have anything better to do, Right. So there's ways to be aware of what is going on around you. There are neighborhood um, groups that you can join. There are city groups that you can join and uh, to, to be more aware. Um, Paul Martin had a great article on this here just recently. Um, I think the title was, some, title was something, uh, Are You Angry? And uh, I, I did link to it on Prepper website, but if you are in uh, the ex- exclusive email group, I did share that out early on. And I think that is uh, pretty relevant there. I think it's really good. He he provides a lot of good advice there. But one of the things you might want to do is check your crime stats. Um, I've talked about this before, but check your crime stats. Not every police, you know, police station, police uh, um, organization shares their information with the government. And that's how I guess these websites wind up getting um, the information where you're able to, to go and look and search. Um, there's a, some kind of a federal uh, database out there. And, uh, you know, when, when we had our church uh, location back, back in the day, the city where we were located, a little suburb, did not share their information. So it looked like no crime ever happened there, which was not the case. So we know that there was things that happened over there. So you really have to know, you know, if your, um, your area is sharing or not. There was an article by Survival Sullivan called Site Recon for Tactical Prepping and Bugging Out. And not necessarily for the bugging out piece, but um, he that article did provide a lot of great information as far as looking at different locations and uh, really went into detail about maps and using maps that you can find online for free. 
And, uh, you know, you're just, you're taking that information, not necessarily for the reason of the article, but for being able to look at your own local situation. So, um, I think that was a great article. If you are on the email list, my regular email list, you would have got that with the Saturday prep. Cause I did include that one in there and I thought that was good. And there were some really great resources and, and ways that you can use, um, free resources online. So, be aware of what is going on around you. Check the crime stats. You know, be be prepared to look at that type of stuff and and not completely live in fear, but that should give you an idea of what is going on and what is being reported. Keep an eye on your budget and what you're buying and how much money you're spending, how much money is going out to food. Um, if you are not looking at your budget and you're not looking at your money, um, and maybe you are blessed to the point where you don't have to pay attention to those types of things. That's great. I mean, it's, it's great to be blessed that way. But I think you still need to be paying attention to what you're, uh, you know, what you're putting out there. And you might not have felt any kind of pinch with what has happened in the last 10 years. You might have been, you might be completely good. You might have been able to absorb all the extra costs that are out there. Uh, I know, you know, we're, we're going to barbecue a little bit later on tonight uh, with, when my parents come over and my son and my daughter-in-law are going to come over. Um, but the, the meat that I have gone to go uh, purchase is like every time I go to the meat market, it is crazy. I mean, it, it's just con- continues to go up. And so I'm very, very aware of that and what that does. You know, luckily I'm I'm blessed to be able to do that. I mean, really, you know, barbecuing is still a lot cheaper than going out to eat with everyone and, and paying for everyone. So I'm okay with that. But I'm very aware of the prices and the prices that are that are just continuing to go up and up on, on that type of thing. So keep an eye on your budget. And make adjustments as you need to, but that should help you to understand. You know, we've talked about this before, where you've gone to the grocery store and you've spent a hundred bucks, and you used to walk out of there with a whole basket full, and now you can spend a hundred bucks, and you don't even need a basket. You just you can walk out of there with two, you know, uh, plastic shopping bags, and and you're done, right? Maybe I'm exaggerating a little bit, but depending on what you're buying, that could be very, very true. The next thing is pay attention to your neighborhood and the stores right? pay attention. Are, are, are things getting trashy or, or does it look like, you know, buildings are being let go? Uh, it, does it look like, you know, it, there's no upkeep there. Are the stores again, are dollar stores coming in and replacing other stores that have been there in the past? Um, those types of things, you know, I think that helps to give you an idea of what is going on and try to go back. If you haven't been the type of person that has been paying attention Go back and try to remember, you know, what was the last store that was there or how long was it closed down? You know, how long did it take to go from that store that, you know, everybody would go to? And it was a, you know, like I remember there was a, a hardware store when when we moved into our home where we're in now. It probably was around for and it was like a, an Ace Hardware and it was probably around for about a year and a half while we were here and then it shut down. It went out of business. And, uh, you know, probably, you know, because of the big Walmarts and the Home Depots and, and there's another Ace Hardware that's uh, a lot bigger, probably, you know, about three times the size of, of this one, about 10 minutes away from there, maybe seven minutes away. I remember I went in there as they were, uh, you know, 
closing down, going out of business. I bought a rake and I bought a shovel. I, I, I bought a, a bow saw that I, I still have today and I still use. Actually, not a not a bow saw, just a regular saw. I still use today, and it was just a, just a really good saw that I bought, you know, because they were going out of business. And so, you know, I I remember that um, happening, and then so different businesses have been in that one neighborhood throughout the years. There was like a, a bouncy place, you know, like where you can go and have birthday parties at one point. And now it has changed into kind of like a, a, a thrift store type thing, you know, not necessarily a dollar store, but things that you can go buy and, you know, they advertise, they sell for, you know, cheaper or whatever. And so, you know, that's one thing that I'm paying attention to as well. And, you know, if you have a, a strip center, for the most part, the strip center is completely full. There's a bunch of different types of businesses in there. And if you're a strip center, you want to allow whoever to come in to, to come in because you want that rent, but you need to be paying attention to the type of businesses that are there. Next up is make notes of trash and if people care about keeping up their homes and businesses and then the infrastructure. You know, uh, one of the things I, I know about our neighborhood is uh, that comes up on the Facebook page uh, a lot and then uh, the Homeowners Association is the upkeep of the entrances. You know, are those being taken care of? Are are they are, are they mulching? Are they putting new uh, flowers with the, the seasonal changes and things like that? Uh, that's still important in my neighborhood. That's still important to the people that are here. But looking around your community, your neighborhood, the same kind of things. Are there other neighborhoods that are uh, cheaper to move into? A lot of rentals. Uh, people are you know, the, the, the houses, when you drive by, you do a drive by, what are you, what are you seeing? You know, are, do they, are they, you know, are there a lot of cars there that are not, it looks like they, they, they've moved or, or, you know, just, uh, just junky, you know, and paying attention to that and not saying that if you have a car, so don't email me, if you have cars in your, uh, you, you know, that you're, just kind of keeping in your driveway or maybe you even have them in your backyard and, and different things like that. I mean, I know people that do that. They buy certain types of vehicles and, and they are, you know, using them for parts and things like that. You know, I'm just talking about the overall feel, you know, pay attention, pay attention to that overall feel. There might be, you might be in a neighborhood that they just, there's no restrictions, and that and you might be okay with that. You might not want to have restrictions, but you are also making uh, some educated guesses of what is happening in your area. And so that's what I'm trying to say there. And lastly, decide if what you see warrants a change in your location or the way that you prep. So in your area and the things that are going down and, and what is happening in, in your location, is that, is that something that you're willing to deal with or is it time to, okay, I need to move. I need to move out further into the suburbs. I need to move out further rural. Uh, I need to, to, to do something along those ways. And so that's something that you ultimately need to come up with. And if you are seeing a lot of those changes and you think that you would, you know, there's a certain level that is that I'm okay to live with. And then there's a certain level that I'm not. You want to make sure that you are getting out where you can be at the the height of the you know being able to get the money for your uh, your home and to be able to sell your home to be able to move. 
And right now in Houston, I mean, house prices are going through the roof. Um, that'll probably change. I think it, the, the market is starting to cool off a little bit, but uh, it's still, uh, you can sell. I mean, people are selling like crazy. Um, purchasing another home, that's a different story, but people are, are selling and uh, it's really easy to sell right now. So guys, if we continue to limp along, you need to, you need to decide, you know, uh, what kinds of things you're paying attention to. Um, if, if there isn't a man-made disaster of some sort, if there isn't the grid going down because of cyber terrorism or because someone didn't do the upkeep, like, like they kept talking about that happened to us in, in, uh, down here in, in, uh, Texas because of the, uh, you know, the freeze or whatever, right. Uh, they were in maintenance mode, whatever. If it, if it's nothing like that happens, if it's not, you know, the EMP war, whatever, if we continue to limp along this slow decline is what we can expect. It's, it's what will continue to happen. You probably have seen it. You, you've, you've realized it. You, you're noticing it. And maybe now your eyes are a little bit more aware, but this is why we prep. This is why we do what we do, right? It's not the big event, you know, the end of the world, but it is those um, paying attention to the slow decline as well. And that's going to be important. Well, guys, like always, I'm going to link to this article in the show notes and so you can go and check it out or you can come you can come over to prepper website i'm going to link to the other episodes that i did with fernando if you want to uh, listen to those they were always good he always has a lot of great information as well and so you can check those out well guys that's it for episode 711 to subscribe to the show make sure you click the subscribe button in your favorite podcast app and that way you never miss another episode of sweet prepper goodness and if you can don't forget to rate and review the show in your podcast app. That's always greatly appreciated. And don't forget, if you're looking for more preparedness and self-reliant information, head on over to PrepperWebsite.com, where we're going to start another 10 years of preparedness over there. We link to 8 to 12 articles every day of the very best self-reliant articles out there. We have pages dedicated to alternative news, firearms, DIY, Bible prophecy, frugal living, and homesteading. And lastly, don't forget, join the email list if you haven't. When you do, I'm going to send you a free PDF on 25 handpicked preparedness articles that you should read. And you also get the Saturday prep every Saturday morning. With that, choose to live a more self-reliant life. Choose not to be so dependent on the government grid or the grind. Until next time, live with no regrets and stay prepped and aware. Peace.